Welcome back to the belated uh, Project Gen X podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. Uh, yeah, we it's- just made it into December and through Thanksgiving and... It's it, partially my fault. Oh, it, yeah. no, it, it's just the holidays is what it has been. And, you know, we had... I don't know, last... One of the last episodes, I don't even remember which one. I think it was... We put out one or two in November. I think we put out two, didn't we? I I don't even know what my yeah, name we did, is anymore. We did one about where it was just a catching up, and then I forget what the other one I did. I think that was one. the only one we did. No, we did two. Did we do two? Yeah, but... I don't know. It's hard to keep up. I can't. I I have as we are recording this. It is December the first. I cannot believe that it's December first. I I cannot believe that this year is gone, <laughs> just gone. And I, I Christmas say, is not very far away. I would almost say I'm glad the year is almost over, but I'm afraid of what next year is going to be because the last it seems like the last few well, years it just gets weirder and weirder. next year is going to be, for lack of a better term, next year is just going to be a shithole. I'm, and I tell you, and the reason why I say that, okay, I know that's not very, but I, the reason why I'm saying it's because it's an it's an election year, and it's just all you got to do is look back four years and see what happened. So it's uh, see how things are getting geared up. I again. don't want to so, even talk about. I know it. I've got too know. much other stuff. Going I know, on. I know. So yeah, we are we're back, and we're going to uh, talk about some uh, a couple of movies <laughs> that are. Very Gen X. Matter of fact, one of the movies was in our uh, greatest movies about Gen X tournament that we did. Yeah, no, we half only ago. put one out. It, the only episode I have for us in November is it's November already. Is that the only one we did? I thought we had another one. Oh, I know what it was because we recorded that one and the um, um, the final Oktoberfest episode at the same time. So yeah, we only put one episode out. Well. Part of the reason we only put one episode out last month is because I kept flaking on recording new episodes of um, albums that I love. And I, I was like, well, I'm going to put something out. Plus the fact, I mean, just holidays and everything else. It well, just kind of This month yeah. has been busy for me at work. And then um, my car has gone to the shop. Yep. And they went, it's an electrical issue. We've done everything we know. So we're now going to send it to a specialty shop. Mm-hmm. So I'm now in permanent limbo, limbo mm-hmm. on my vehicle. Don't know when I'm getting it back or how much it's going to cost me. How long before they pull out the shotgun and say it's just it's time? I just know? got this <laughs> stupid vehicle and I love it and I want it fixed. And then the Friday mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving, my wife got hit by some woman who's claiming it's her fault and it wasn't because she blew through a yield sign. Yeah, well. And we well, found welcome out. Welcome to Nashville. <laughs> and I was already borrowing a car from my in-laws and then we found out the hard way the other night that her vehicle doesn't have headlights now because of the wreck. Yeah. And so I had to, because it's... Was it just like a, a fuse or headlights don't, you don't know yet? We've got to go pick up a rental car tomorrow and drop it off at the yeah. shop on It Monday. may just need new bulbs. I mean, They're going to the have to replace the front rim oh, because yeah. the woman okay messed up the front. It's drivable, but there's yeah. no way they can put a new tire on it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, this has been Dave's car woes for December. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite of the car guys. Instead of talking about how things, how to fix things, we talk uh, about how man. my cars are messed up. I, I, it has, yeah, yeah. Anyway, before we get it, before we go off on a real tangent, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about... We're going to touch a little bit on the origins, but we're going to talk about the two the the, the two Wayne's World movies, Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two, nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety three. So there's a little bit of a misnomer on that. Yes, they came out in sequential years. Yeah, but the first Wayne's World movie was released on February fourteenth of nineteen ninety two. And Wayne's World 2 was released on December 10th of 1993. So there was almost two years between them. Yeah. So it's <laughs> and you can tell. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say this up front. Okay. While, while it's still on my mind. And I, and, and I, w- I was, when I was, when I was in high school, okay. Yeah. My senior year of high school was when the first Wayne's World movie was released. Okay. Like I was down the stretch of, 
Yeah. You know, he came out in February. I graduated in May. One of those things. And, of course, Wayne's World was the biggest thing around. Well, uh, and yeah, go ahead. And and all that stuff. So I had this shirt, Wayne's World shirt, that, like, yeah. shirt, you know, because you're 18 years old and you're wearing your favorite bands or TV shows, shirts, and everything, even back then. I remember distinctly a little over a year later, or, well... It would have been in 93, probably in the fall of 93 or something like that. Yeah. After I'd gone to college. Like one day pulling that shirt out of the closet and putting it on and wearing it and feeling completely out of place in that shirt just a year and a half after it was like the biggest thing around. Yeah. Watching Wayne's World 2 last night felt like that moment. <laughs> of like <laughs> this. Yeah feels when you think about 1993 this feels completely out of place with anything else that was going on at the time yeah <laughs> and we'll get into it so <laughs> you want to you got anything prepared about wayne's world no to begin I mean, with I, it started off as a skit on, on saturday, saturday night, night live, live right and, and it was funny it was it was a good three minute sketch yeah or a four minute sketch whatever it was Every few weeks, not every week, but you know, you you, you would get them every couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah. And it was always a thing. I didn't. I've never been a consistent Saturday Night Live viewer. The only time I really was a consistent Saturday Night Live viewer was when Dennis Miller was doing Weekend Update, mm-hmm. and I would usually I usually had it figured out about what time that was right. coming on. I'd turn on, watch weekend update and i just turned yeah it well that was always at the half like it came on yeah it, it was at the half hour the first half hour was when they would do weekend update that's how that was always when that when they came back into midnight on the on the east coast yeah 11 o'clock here that's when the weekend update would be on and of course he was he was still there when all this was happening yeah you know? and uh, but again i was not a consistent viewer i would i would catch it sometimes and it wasn't because i wasn't out because believe me i had nowhere else to be on a saturday night uh back then because i didn't it was before i had a car or even a license for a good part of it yeah and especially when wayne's world first started coming started started airing on saturday night live so there was i was at home but i was usually watching something else or playing video games or something or playing my guitar usually or something like that yeah so i just really i would catch it sporadically and I kept hearing about Wayne's World. Like, what, what are you talking about? And the first time I, I remember seeing, one, uh, you know, one of the sketches, I thought, oh, this is funny. Of course, I knew about all of it because all my friends kept talking about, yeah. you know, Monday at school, that's all everybody was talking about was Wayne World, Wayne's World sketches. It's like, okay. So by the time that they announced that they were doing a movie, yeah. Wayne's World had taken over. That That is one of those things that I had seen most, if not all, of the sketches that yeah. they had done from the beginning. Because when something gets hot, then they right. completely overblow Absolutely. And in pure Lorne Michaels fashion. Yeah, and SNL movies are dubious at best. For every Blues Brothers or, or the first Wayne's World, yeah. you have uh, It's Pat or... You have five, it's Pat. The ladies' man. Or the ladies' man, or Night at the Roxbury, or Superstar, or any number of like just really not very good ones, you know? And um, I was really, I did not, so it was released in February. I didn't see it until June, and I remember because I was in Florida. It was after I'd graduated high school. Okay, and we went to the theater because it was playing it like it was. A, it was still in, it was like a second run theater or something. Me and my friends went, to, you know, went and saw it because um, we were like trying to figure out something to do one afternoon. You know, yeah. of course they had all seen it before, and I remember like really, really enjoying the movie, thinking that it was well, hilarious. I mean, how so, could you not enjoy it? It was a movie about a couple of burnouts li- mm-hmm. living at home. Mm-hmm that were heavy metal fans that had a public access TV show. Yeah. And we all knew about public access. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nashville had oh, every, public everybody had yeah. public access. You and know, and now I work anyway. I work at a college where the the local public access oh, they do it out of there. is out of it's one out of, of the buildings there. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and it was also one of those things that this was... This was when heavy metal was dying. Well, it was it was it was on it was on the downside. Yeah, you know it it, it had already hit its peak. 
but Nirvana had already hit. Yeah. And so it was kind of making fun of it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, and it was, so it was one of those things. But, you know, that was the other thing was that I had heard Bohemian Rhapsody a couple of times prior yeah. to this movie. But that was the whole thing. When the music video for Bohemian Rhapsody hit in yeah. TV with all the Wayne's World footage, because he was like, oh, you know, guys. And that's that sent that that song into the stratosphere in yeah. the States. I know it had been huge in Europe decades prior or whatever, but it wasn't until people keep forgetting that. It wasn't until nineteen the end of nineteen ninety one and the beginning of ninety two that that song hit huge in the States. Yeah. Which is one of the things that, that irritates me whenever I will watch stuff like the Goldbergs or something like that that's set in the nineteen eighties and they're talking about oh Bohemian Rhapsody is the best song. I was like, no, no one knew about that song stateside hardly. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it was one of those things that would get played late on a Saturday night in your classic rock station when they knew nobody was really listening to it. So it was, Yeah, because it was over three minutes long. I know. And it was yeah. just kind of one of those like you know, like, what is this weird thing? No, you know, in the eighties, <laughs> if you were talking Queen, you were talking Another either, One Bites the Another dust. One Bites the Dust or We Will Rock You. Or Late, uh, Radio Gaga is a, yeah, Radio was, Gaga. It was a pretty decent. Yeah. And yeah, it was that type of. Yeah, you're right. It was those types of. Yeah. Uh, we are the champions, obviously, because that's, it, that's it, the it, other it, side it, of. Yeah, we were. Yeah. And, and it got played in several movies and stuff. Yeah. So it just. Wayne's World was. The, the first Wayne's World movie was a serious moment in time. Yeah. Of this is right on the cusp of. Everything is changing in pop culture, and this is kind of the last gasp of what was before. Yeah. Um, and if they had stopped there, it would have been perfect. Yeah, and we'll get to it. Let's talk about the movie itself. Yeah. Because the challenge that SNL movies have always had is how do you take a three-minute sketch and turn it into an hour-and-a-half movie? Yes. And... Like I said before, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. And every once in a while you get one of those Stuart Saves His Family, which is so bizarre you can't not watch it. <laughs> it's almost a Pee Wee's Playhouse. Dude, that movie, I remember seeing that movie, like it was on cable or whatever in the mid-90s. Of course, you know, this whole Stuart Smalley, like, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, dog, yeah. I'm black. And like here and they were going to make a movie, and I think it went straight to video, if I'm not mistaken. And it was, but it was just like I remember seeing it and being like, "This is not a comedy, like at Ooh, all. No. This is a very dark movie that have com- that has comedic a- a- elements to it, but it's not a dark comedy. It was at like, all. <laughs> it's kind of like renting the cable guy. Yeah, where it's like I don't think they meant for this to be funny, but it kind of is still. Yeah. You know, just like what am I watching? <laughs> yeah, it, it's. It's definitely on the dark humor. Of course, side. you know this is also Coneheads is another one. That's not bad. It's not a bad that movie. Was not, that was fairly big, right? But I think the only reason we got the Coneheads movie is because Wayne's World did so well. Yeah, honestly, and of course the Coneheads were from the seventies. Yeah, that, you know that was original first five years stuff. Yeah, and you know so you're you're literally talking about over a decade later. Almost a decade and a half later, they made the movie. Yeah, they pulled it out. I was like, yeah, let's see what like we can do go this. back I know. and rehash. Yeah, some okay. Of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I did think it was kind of fun watching this and seeing Chris Farley in yeah. like a very minor. Like he's in both movies, plays two completely two different. I had I, it had been so long since I had seen the first Wayne's World movie that I forgot some of the people that were in this. Yeah. You know, just and and some of the and a lot of the plot point, quite honestly. So when you know when they walked out the back with the Alice Cooper. And the yeah. concert and Chris Farley's like, oh, I, I didn't even remember that he was in this movie. And um, are you pulling up the the list of people? Yeah. So as you know, we got Mike Myers, right? Dana Cart, right? Tia Carrera, right? Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. Laura Flynn Boyle, mm-hmm. um, Brian Doyle Murphy. Yes, Col- I'd forgot he was in it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colleen Camp as Mimi Vanderhoff. Um. Kurt Fuller, Chris Farley, Meatloaf. Yeah, I forgot Meatloaf was, was in the, it also. Was the I doorman, know the doorman yeah. at the at the uh, gas. Uh, um, Ed O'Neill. Yeah, who I plays, knew he was. Yeah, who plays Glenn, the dude, manager of Makita's? Who? That's the movie I want to see, dude. That especially in this first one. Yeah. The, the the little the little pull away with him where he starts where he has that little monologue is like no 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 no, no. I want to see this movie yes. I want to see this movie 
Um, of course, Robert Patrick was in it, yes, reprising yeah. his role as the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Um, of course, Alice Cooper and his band right. at the time. So Yeah, and, and that's... Alice Cooper was really good in this movie. I yeah. know he was just playing himself, but of course it's a heightened version of himself, you know, yeah. whatever, but it was still just kind of one of those like, no, he was really good, and I, I was really surprised. Um, Rob Lowe, people forget that when Rob Lowe made this movie and then when also when he made Tommy Boy, yeah, he was basically just getting out of movie jail. Yeah. Because of everything that happened with the scandal, that, you know, with the underage girls and everything. That and the happened, cocaine. And the coke and, and, all, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And, the, and the, uh, the, the home video that emerged and all that stuff where it was like he had a, a big resurgence in the, the, the late 90s and into the, on through the 2000s and even into now. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. There was about a five-year period in there where he was like, he just, they would not touch him with a 10-foot pole. No. So... That was one I remember seeing this movie, not knowing that he was in it, and being like, "Oh wow, he's still making movies!" Like I thought he was done. Yeah, so. yeah. and of course he plays the most vile. Oh yeah. Time of oh the yeah. Earth. Yeah. 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 Which Rob Lowe plays a good bad guy. He always has. Just and, oh, and the guy who played um, Rooney in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It, uh, no, 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 no. You're right. That's a completely different. No, guy. you're thinking of. Um, um, no, th- this guy he was. In, You're right. He was in No Holds Barred. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes. That guy. I can't think of his name. I, yeah, no, and I'm like, because he 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 is. He's one of the, he's one of those that it's that guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, Peter Del. Is it Peter Deloise or Michael Delo? It was Peter Deloise. No, it was Michael Deloise. One of the one of the Deloise brothers is in this Maybe. one also. Yeah. He's like one of the background. He's you know one of the the guys. <laughs> their buddies. Um, I think it's Michael, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Michael's the younger one. Um, yeah, and it's just you see these little. Yeah. people here and there and it's like okay um <laughs> also it's basically just a bunch of sketches stitched it is. together into it a is. movie i really like the way that they did with them talking to the camera yeah where they acknowledge that they're breaking the fourth wall you know and kind of setting up everything yeah. and even the people around them because you know there is that whole thing with ed, O'Ne- ed o'neill's character where he goes off and then like and then Wayne's like, no, no, no. I only I'm me and Garth are the only ones that can talk to the camera or, or whatever you yeah. know type thing. And, and then and it's funny like with Garth even because you get the whole. I didn't realize or maybe I had just forgotten how socially awkward Garth really is. Yeah. And but you really get that with that first with him talking to the camera. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say. Yeah, right it's now. just kind of like, just and it's just, oh, look over there. Yeah, and, and it's just, Runs I know, away. I know, and that kind of stuff, and it's just like, okay, they, they, there had always kind of been that whole, <laughs> to put it in other terms, the whole Beavis and Butthead thing, where, yes. you know, you have, you know, Garth and Beavis and Butthead are like, kind of the same and then Beavis and and or excuse me Garth and Beavis are kind of the same and yeah. then Wayne and, and Butthead are kind of the same as like they're the ones that are kind of driving things and yeah. they're the sidekick and who from time to time makes things happen yes from time to from time to time yeah but it uh <laughs> what is the plot to this movie <laughs> At least two has a plot, okay? But this one... No, it's just a day in the life of Wayne It's more than a day, I mean, but but yeah, but it's just like... Rob Lowe, who's a television executive in and in Chicago, happens his girlfriend happens to flip the channels and wants to watch this public access show from Aurora, which is a suburb of Chicago. Right, and so he, and so he's like, "Oh, we can we, we can, can do something with this. We yeah, can take the show and use it for advertising. Right, for this arcade thing that's not doing anything. Right, and then so they and then hilarity ensues. Yeah, something like that, and then. Wayne and Garth go to uh, what was the name of the place? It was the gas something that was the name of the club? Oh. Anyway, but that's they see Crucial Taunt, which is Tia Carrera's band. Yeah, and look, Tia Carrera is a good singer, like she is, but yeah. she does not need to be singing rock music because she just doesn't have the voice for it. No, no. I mean, you know, she you know doing you know pop music and that kind of stuff is fine, but there there are multiple times when she's trying to sing in a rock style that it just really yeah. does not translate well at all. Doesn't work. No, no. And 
you said something earlier when we were kind of talking. You said talking about how like you remember thinking that oh, Tia Carrera was. I remember when the movie came out. I was like, dude, I got a crush on her, and I watched it the other night, and I'm like, why did I have a crush on this girl? Don't get me wrong, Tia Carrera. I mean, she's. Cute, I still found but, her very attractive, but. I too did not. I remembered her being more attractive than she was whenever I watched yeah. it this time. Like, huh? Okay, that's maybe that was just the eighteen-year-old me. Yeah, that's you know, kind of what I, I think. It's probably yeah. what it was. You know, uh, and, and like I said, don't get me wrong. Tia Carrera is still beautiful. I don't even get me sorry. That I just, I just, I had a different mental picture of her than than what was yeah. actually on screen. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, I also, she doesn't really have that. Like in her real life, she doesn't really have that kind of broken English, like that, no, she that doesn't accent at all. Which is funny because it's like I know she plays, she plays Cantonese in this, you know, like yeah. But I think she's actually from Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken. I think or like her. I don't like, know something I, like that. I, I think I could be completely wrong. I know once you get into a lot of the, yeah, the the Pacific Islands, Gasworks, Gasworks. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where Meatloaf was the, the yeah. doorman, and that club was pretty cool. You know, I was like, I I kind of I kind of dig the yeah. place. You know, very industrial metal, very type, much, yeah. very, very very early nineties, yeah, very early nineties, and um, and you know the the and the music is very early nineties pre grunge, very early pre early nineties pre grunge music. Now even when you start looking at who's on the soundtrack, you know, which was funny because I think uh, Smashing Pumpkins is on the soundtrack. She is of Filipino and Chinese descent. Filipino, okay. I knew she was somewhere. I think she's but actually she was born in Honolulu. She's in okay. She's yeah. actually from Hawaii. So uh, that's what I thought. Um sorry I've got the No magic, no that's fine. That's fine. Magic witch box out. Um I was really kind of listening to the background music uh, of what was being played. Like yeah. I did not remember that Temple of the Dog had a song in this yeah and that smashing pumpkins had a song in it yeah because you know they're from chicago and it's just like bullet boys yeah yeah i know then you have bullet boys and i think wasn't cinderella on there too or something like yeah, that i something mean it's like, like that it's these really weird of course you know alice cooper's got a song and, and then crucial taunt has you know their cover of um ballroom blitz yeah and um it's like okay this is interesting mix of stuff uh of course with uh, also with queen yeah, and um, I think it was Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix and, yeah, there's, there's multiple Hendrix songs in this. Um, Dreamweaver by what's yeah, his name? Yeah, Dreamweaver and, from the '70s, and yeah, and it's just uh, a Mickey, the yeah. uh, Tony Basil, you know, and it's just like it's such a weird mix of music. And talk about when we get to Wayne's World two, talk about the weird mix of music yeah. that's in the thing where it's like, what in the world? I'm, I'm actually trying to find the entire list of. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like concerned with it. the The ending of this movie, because it kind of gets through the, the the beat. Oh, you know, he meets her and kind of has to win her over, and then they become a couple. And then, of course, Rob, he learns Cantonese. He learns Cantonese, and then of course, Rob Lowe tries to. There's the whole in and kung fu overdubbing fight scene. That's in the fo- second one. Was that in the, second, the second one? one? Yes. Oh, you might yes. be right. Yeah. No, it, it was. Believe me, because I I got them mixed up also of, of certain things of like oh Black yeah. Sabbath was in there with Time Machine. Okay. Um. Of course, Alice Cooper, Rhino Bucket, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Clapton, Clapton, love uh, loving your loving. Okay. Um. Yeah, Soundgarden, Kicks. Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, yeah. Everything About You was played at the very beginning of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Temple of the Dog was all night thing. Right. And um, Tia Carrera had recorded like three or four songs. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. she had several several songs on there. Um, but, yeah, you know, so it kind of goes through. And then it gets to the end of it. And it, it's really kind of funny the way that, like, they go through the ending. Yeah, they go through the sad ending. The, yeah, where, you know, where, yeah. And, the and, and they're Scooby-Doo like, no, let's do the Scooby in, Scooby-Doo ending. And it's like, let's do the happy ending. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, I, I that's funny. That, that's, I tell you, I remember seeing it the first time, and I still got a chuckle out of it this time, but not nearly as much as the first. In the beginning, when they go to the, the donut shop. Yeah, and the police officer meets them out front. And he's talking, and he's talking about how like they had, he had to do like full cavity searches on people, whatever. Yeah, that the payoff on that at the end of the movie, yeah, is hilarious. <laughs> just like I remember the, I remember just laughing uncontrollably the first time 
whenever it was like, oh, oh, and especially whenever Rob Lowe's character shows up at the at the studio later and he's like waddling. Yeah. In, and it's like, oh God, that's <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, and then they had like that little tag at the end of it over the 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 um, the credits, the credits, you know, yeah. like, hey, what are, what are they going to do? I don't know. I guess they'll probably just go to black, or you know, yeah, they'll, they'll probably just fade out on the black. Yeah, fade on the black. Yeah. See, like, I told you. Yeah. How rude. I know. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about Laura Flynn Boyle as as Wayne's ex girlfriend, who's like still stalking him. Yeah. You know, and she, she's like, hey, it's our anniversary. She's like, we broke up two months ago. It's like, are you going to open it? It's like, what is this? It's a gun rack. I don't own a gun, let alone have a rack. Yeah. <laughs> and she's always just like, you know, you keep it up and you're going to you're gonna lose me. He's like, I already did two months ago. <laughs> and of course, you know. Psycho hose beast. All the other stuff with like her like falling through a skylight or flipping yeah. over the, the, the hood of a Camaro on a bike. And just like, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was heavy into the slapstick on that mm-hmm. one. And it's funny, like, what she went on to do later becoming like Emmy and yeah. winning actress and all this kind of stuff where it's like wow that was a big switch from from one to the other prior to that she'd been in like well I don't know if it was prior to that or somewhere around, you know, she'd been in like the temp and she'd been in several things yeah. where she kind of played psycho characters and stuff but this was like the funny psycho and I was just like alright um, yeah I yeah, I really enjoyed Wayne's World the first movie yeah. I really did uh, then it's uh, kind of a it's kind of a time capsule. Did you watch these close to, to each other? Yeah. I watched them back to back last night. Like literally, I finished one yeah. and went right straight to the other one. And almost immediately, I was like, "Why did they make this movie?" Yep. I understand that first movie did really well at the box office, so of course they were going to make a sequel. Yeah. But again, it was there. there you know it. You get radar love. You get you know you get a bunch. You get a bunch of classic rock. Not only do you get a bunch of classic rock in this movie, but you also get the whole from three years earlier the whole Jim Morrison the Doors thing. The you know and, and with the the dream sequence, it's like wow, this is really out of touch with what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> you know, this is like it is just one of those things where you look at it and go. I I know you were trying to make money, but couldn't you have made something at least? kind of contemporary i mean like really and truly the most yeah. contemporary stuff that they did was the fact that aerosmith was on an upswing at the time so of course you yeah. went to see aerosmith and then the fact that they they name dropped pearl jam yeah but that's it and it's like and as far as i can tell pearl jam didn't have a song on the no they didn't in the no, at all at all because yeah. you had robert plant doing louis louis you had Aerosmith with Dude Looks Like a Lady. Right. You had Gin Blossoms right. with Idiot Summer. You had um, Superfan, and it's a collective of a bunch of different... Uh, it's a collective between Chrissy Hind on vocals and the musicians from Urge Overkill. Okay. Um, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Right. I love rock and roll was in there. Norman Greenbaum with Spirit in the, the Sky. Sky. Right. Yeah, out, classic rock. Out there with Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. Four Non Blondes, Mary's House, Golden Earring, Radar Love, Bad Company, Can't Get Enough, Edgar Winder, Frankenstein. Look at all the classic rock that's on this thing. Aerosmith, I mean, Shut Up and Dance, yeah. and then uh, YMCA. Right. And it's like. When they go to the Oyster Bar. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where you sit there and. Oh, it's called the tool ball, the Toolbox. Oh, yeah. The name of it. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, where it was just kind of that. What are they doing here? Like, what what do they think that they're tapping into? Which, which is them paying homage to Police Academy. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, you know, she even said something about when he asked when they when they first meet in the first movie. Yeah. He said, "How did you learn English?" And she's like, "Well, you know, I learned it when I when we moved here, but also from the Police Academy movies." Yeah. So it was a, um, but it just it just I don't like I said it just felt forced, so out of place. And Christopher Walken. Yeah. As the bad guy? Christopher Walken is another one that we put in the category of, he's been in some bad movies, but he always shows up for them. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and he showed up for this one, too. He very much did. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the... Talking about, like, the endings of the movies and, like, a lot of the, the references and stuff. Yeah. You have to kind of really know some film history on some of this. I mean, because, you yeah. know, they do the whole The Graduate thing. Yeah. And it's like... It's almost shot for shot. I know. I know. And, and it's like... I love when he's going to, to stop the wedding 
and he goes into the gas station and um, he asks the guy how to get to a certain street. Yeah. And he starts this whole monologue. And, and, and Wayne's like, yeah, you know, no, he's like, and the guy's like, what? Is there something wrong? It's like, well, it's nothing. He's like, just can't we get a better actor? And then Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston comes yeah. in and he's crying watching the. Yeah. <laughs> It's like okay, that's good. That that's there were little things like that that they would do. You know, yeah. like Harry Shearer as Handsome Dan. Yeah. You know, and, and like there there were uh, we talked about McGinley. Yeah, uh, Mr. Screen. Yeah, yeah, and that was he thought that he was supposed to be Handsome Dan to begin with. Yeah, you know, Ted McGinley, and then of course you had Sammy Davis Jr. shows up, or, or uh, Tim Meadows shows up as Sammy Davis Jr. in yeah. one of the dream sequences. And yeah. uh, what's the guy's name? Hold that on, plays, let's just go through the. It plays the the roadie. Um, Jeez, I can't remember. But, you know, and, and, and they did some of their, um, Ralph Brown. Yeah, and they did some of their... You had Kevin Pollock in here, Yeah, Kevin too. Pollock. He was the the guy at the... Um, James Hong as Cassandra's daughter. His dad. Yeah. Yeah, um, or, yeah dad. God, I'm so... Tired. That was the other thing, too, watching that, that fight sequence. Yeah. I was like, wow, this would not play in 2023 yeah. at all. <laughs> and, and then you had Kim Bassinger... Dude, and all right. horny, uh, honey, horny, horny, Kim Basinger. Okay. Yeah. We covered Batman. Yeah. 89 back earlier this year in the summer. And I think I said something to you then about how Kim Basinger has not been in the public light for a long time. Like the last well, thing, the mile, uh, eight, eight mile. mile, which was 20 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been, that's the last thing I remember seeing her in that was big, whatever. So you get some time and distance away from all that and you forget. Yeah. And that was, I was watching her, you know, she's only in what, like two scenes or something like that. Yeah. And I was sitting there watching her and I was like, I forgot how stunning she really. Yeah. Probably, I probably still is, but especially was then of like, wow. And it's like, oh, I still remember seeing her in Cool World. Yeah. Being just like, Whoa. yeah. But that just, there was that when they were back at the apartment, you know, after they'd gone out to dinner, going you know, in Wordsworth, too. And I was just sitting there, I was like, I forgot how, I mean, dude, I forgot how attractive she really was. Now, the other thing is, she's also a good actor. Yeah. She always was. I'm like, I, again, I have seen, I have seen, seen Kim Basinger in some bad movies, but I've never seen her give a bad performance. No, she's kind of like walking. She always yeah, shows up. It's like Cool World being a prime example. It's yeah, a that's terrible a terrible movie, movie but, but she's really good in it. I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hollywood. I know. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Chris Farley, Ed O'Neill, yes, once again. again. Which um, you notice how much he aged, yeah, in that time period, and it's like, wow, dude, like yeah. I, I couldn't believe. It. I was like, wow, that's yeah. Um, Larry Sellers is weird, naked Indian guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that that's yeah, the whole weird naked Indian I'm guy. Trying to think, Drew Barrymore is right. in this. Olivia Dabo, dude, I I kept, I was like, who is that? Like I kept looking at her face, I was like. Olivia Dabo has a very distinct mouth. Yeah. Okay, like the, the shape of her mouth and the way her teeth. I, there, there's always been a thing about For her. For those who like, don't know who you're talking she's, about. She was Kevin's sister on The Wonder Years. Yes. She was also in a bunch of other stuff. I know she was in Greedy. I mean, she's been in a bunch of stuff over yeah. the years. Uh, but most famous is, is Kevin's sister from um, The Wonder Years. But and I kept looking. I was like, "Who is that?" Of course, they got her in a Wayne wig and glasses, and and they they really they made her a female Wayne, basically. No, female Garth. Or female Garth. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it was just kind of one of those like, "Who is that?" And I finally had to go look it up. I was like, "Oh, yeah. wow, they really changed her look a lot." Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you had you've already mentioned Charleston Heston, Charleston Heston, Jay Leno, Heather Locklear, oh, yeah, Ted yeah. McGinley, Tim Meadows. Um, oh yeah, Heather Locklear. I forgot she's got a little cameo at yeah. the very beginning of it. And then you get Robert Smeagle. Yep. And Bob Odenkirk. Right. As two nerds. As the two nerds backstage. Yep. At the Aerosmith concert. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Harry Shearer. Rip Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah. Rip Taylor playing himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, the guys from Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's just there. There's a lot. It's like they were like, okay, how many cameos can they're we really fit into one? To, and of course, you know, they had the whole at one point where he goes and he's like, "What are you guys doing?" I was like, "Oh," and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're here just to 
to uh well i'm setting up the chickens, chickens and, cages and, 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 and i'm making sure there's plenty of, of plenty of, of watermelons, watermelons here and, oh you're selling watermelons no we're just supposed to just like these guys are just supposed to carry glass back and forth across the street it's like yeah, i wonder so, if this is going to pay off later <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that kind of stuff that they you know, which was always one of the great things about wayne's world is that they would they would call that kind of stuff out it was always nudge nudge wink wink i'll also tell you something else going back and, and watch this man of course i i knew it even at the time that dana carvey and mike myers were older yeah and i say older they were in their 30s or something whenever they yeah, were but you this. can tell you can older. really tell like i was like last like wow they they look a lot older than i remember them being I yeah mean, that, that was uh especially dana carvey where it was like wow yeah that, the drugs took their toll you, you really the eyes just give it away so um, well, that, that the neck, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there was, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how you remember stuff, and then whenever you go back and rewatch it, and it's like this is not exactly the way I remember it being. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I've done that with several things where I have this. That's memory. kind of been the bad thing about this podcast. Is, In some ways, is we really have to has. go back and watch all this stuff to remind ourselves yeah. why we loved it, and then we come back going. <laughs> Why and when we get to the this? next episode, we'll you'll hear some of that from me about the next subject. So uh oh, uh oh, that's next episode. So. And there's a callback in the next episode to what we're talking about now. So oh, well, when we get there, I guess you're going to have to yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> have to listen to the next episode. So I wonder if this will pay off later. Yeah, um, but yeah, it just I enjoyed rewatching the first movie. Yeah. I realized again, like I said, that it had been a very long time since I had seen the first Wayne's world movie. And I also realized that I apparently had seen Wayne's world too, if not completely multiple times, I had seen at least bits and pieces of it multiple times when it was playing on cable in the mid nineties. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff I was sitting there watching Wayne's world. I'm like, well, where's that scene when this happens? And then it wound up being in the second one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the fight between him and him and the dad. Yeah. And also whenever uh, they're at uh, Cassandra's place and she... Honestly, I think you probably could have taken both these movies... And made one really good movie. And made of it. one yes, really good I agree. movie out of it. Uh, and uh, when she's talking about, like, hey, look what I got at... Uh, she says, you know, look what I got at the at a yard sale, and it's a Frampton Comes Alive. Yeah. I remember, I kept thinking that was in the first one for whatever reason. Nope. Or, and it, nope, wound up being the second one. So, yeah, there were several yeah. of those that just... I remember rewatching the first one, and when they get to the scene where they're in the apartment rehearsing, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, going, man, I really want that drum kit. Yeah. And then I remember watching it this time and going... Well, that kick drum is just way too thin. (laughs) Yeah, that needs to be a much bigger kick drum. Yeah, that yeah, that that's you're getting drums and something. Things you beat on, and that's that's about it. (laughs) Throw something at you. Things you can program with a computer. You know, (laughs) get out. This is my house. Get out. Things you can program with a computer and it doesn't give any lip. How about that? <laughs> yeah, definitely get out. Jerk. Uh, but yeah, I really I really enjoyed revisiting Wayne's World. I, I The first one. The first the one. The second one. Uh, and, you know, I did. We had talked about doing this a while back. Like yeah. this, this this topic is was one that we've been talking or we've been discussing doing for a while. And we just hadn't, we wound up doing other stuff and hadn't got around to it. But I had months ago gone and done a little bit of research and trying to go back and watch some of the old SNL sketches. Yeah. And they're hit or miss. They they, they really are. It, it's kind of one of those things you remember the the, the really funny ones and, and think that that was all the good ones. And then you, then there's other ones where you're like, oh, I can, yeah, this was dead. Like yeah. this, this just never went anywhere. SNL is always like that, though. I mean, it's always, you, you remember like these really funny sketches, well, but then you forget the other five sketches in that show that were just completely terrible. It's the risk of doing live TV. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it hits, it hits big. If it right. fails, it's... Right. And that's the whole thing, especially if you go back and watch the very first Wayne's World sketch, <laughs> nobody knows anything about it. It's just right. what's going on here. And it's got a couple of chuckles and that kind of stuff, but I think it was the second 
sketch that they did where people were like, oh, okay, it says, it says the Wayne's World guys, and then they like actually had the characters down, and this yeah. is what they're going to be, and you know, and, and and all that kind of stuff, and it was like, okay, this is when it really ca- caught on. But that first, I know that very first sketch is kind of rough, and then there was a few other ones in there that was kind of rough as well. Yeah. Um, probably their best stuff was the ones that they pre-recorded, like the stuff with Madonna and yeah. you know, and all that, where it's like, no, these are really funny, and both Carvey and Myers are good improv guys, but they're really better with a script. Yeah, quite honestly. So it's it is what it is. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. You come back and you watch. You think about it a certain way, and then you watch it, and it's yeah. like, eh, okay. Do you have anything like that? that you remembered a certain way and then you like watched it or go back and listen to it. Like half of everything we've talked about (laughs) on the podcast. I'll tell you, since I've been doing those episodes of my favorite band or my favorite albums, you know? Yeah. Cause I've got a few more than that. I'm going to get in before the end of the year that I've gone back and re-listened to. And I was like, I understand why I I liked that back in the early nineties. And I understand why I don't like it quite as much now in the 2020s. It's like, (laughs) it's like, it is very date. It's very of its time and very uh, dated to that time. And what I would have been feeling at 18, 19, 20 years old or whatever. And maybe not so much at almost 50. Well, that's why music is a journey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Uh Oh, in Wayne's world too. Uh-huh. Um, was it, they were talking about going to a Kenny G or something about Kenny G or something, and, and, and like Garth is like in the oh no, it's 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 Kenny. They say something about Kenny G, yeah, and then Garth is like has like he's like goes into his imagination and he's at a concert and everybody's sitting there and then he's getting his 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 because, teeth drilled. You it's because his dentist listened right. to Kenny G. Okay, he was drilling his teeth. What I thought was hilarious. And I noticed it and I had to like rewind it like at the end of the movie. Yeah. When they're running when through the credits, when it gets to the music stuff, the very first thing it says on there is who actually recorded that song. Yeah. It was not Kenny G. And then right underneath it it said Kenny G did not authorize us to use any of his music in this. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, which means they used it without permission. Uh, well, and but that people, wasn't him. I know. But they had somebody else record something that sounded a lot like it. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sure by that point, Kenny G was tired of being the butt of the joke for um, because he had been. For and from what quite I understand, he he was quite litigious in anyway. uh, Yeah. One of my favorite Kenny G jokes was remember he did that whole thing where he broke the record for the holding the longest note you know yeah. the circular breathing and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. it was when greg kinnear was still or not was it greg kinnear it wasn't greg kinnear it was um who was the first um the first host of the daily show he used to be on espn it, anyways it was when he was hosting uh, and before john stewart took over and um that was one of the things that they, Craig Kilborn, Craig Kilborn. There you go. It was. That was one of the things that they covered was that, that he did this, he did it in a concert. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, yeah. And Kenny G came on stage right before he did it and said, this is probably going to be long and boring. <laughs> he just let it sit there. And it's like, mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds about right with Kenny G. So it's, <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about when I say Gabriel Iglesias? Fluffy, the comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. He tells a story. You know, he's always um, shouting out his crew and his friends, you know, that go along with Mm -hmm. him on the tours Mm -hmm. and all that. And he was talking about his bus driver. Okay. Who, evidently, his name is also Dave. Okay. But he's evidently, he goes, if you, he talks about his bus driver and he goes, if you look at him, you can sum up. The bus driver Dave, in one word, it's Merka. Merka, okay. very yep. white collar. Yep, mm. and you know he drives that bus and he keeps it clean, and um, you know he stands up for his principles. Well, evidently he used to drive for Kenny G, <laughs> and evidently Kenny G said something that Dave, the bus driver, did not agree with. Mm-hmm. And Dave, the bus driver, pulled the bus over and kicked Kenny G <laughs> off of his bus. <laughs> And drove off without it. That's awesome. And that's why he was driving for <laughs> no, Gabriel, Gabriel Iglesias. Now, instead, yeah. of, instead of Kenny G. Yeah, well. 
I if, uh, if you haven't seen any of um, Gabriel Iglesias's um, Netflix specials, you really should go and watch them because they're hysterical. I have one of my favorites that he tells. Of course, he and his buddies are sitting on the bus. Mm-hmm. Dave's driving, and he talks about there's somebody on the TV. He's I'm not going to say who. And he's talking about building a certain building along a certain border mm-hmm. and having somebody else pay for mm-hmm. it. Of course, he and his buddy are back there just talking, you know, arguing about it. And they hear Dave, the bus driver, laughing about it. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel's like, yeah, you shut up, Dave. You don't get to say anything about this. And so there's an electronic partition between the rest of the bus and the bus driver. Mm-hmm. So he reaches over and he hits the button. He starts sliding that closed. And just before it's closed, Dave, the bus driver, shouts back going, I'm building a wall and shuts the door. <laughs> and, of course, Gabriel Agassiz, his friend, are sitting there looking at each other like, did he just say did he that? Just really did, did he really do that? And he goes, and then my phone vibrated. And he goes, that's right. He better be apologizing. And I said, I picked up my phone. I looked at it. And he goes, and you're paying for it. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> So how, how can he be mad at that? I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> no, but you really should go and watch some of his comedy specials because he is hysterical. I love he's one of fluffy. those one of those guys that when he was kind of at his height, which I guess was probably what in the 2000s, somewhere early mid 2000s, maybe in the early 2010s. I don't know. I, I don't know. Somewhere during that time is. He kind of got lumped in with a bunch of other people that I, I would catch bits and pieces yeah. of. And be like, oh yeah, that's that that bit was funny, but didn't really follow. Him. I I haven't followed comedians so much, yeah, since I don't know I was out of my twenties, I guess. You know, I mean, there there have been a few of them here or there that you know yeah. will jump up, and I'm like, oh yeah, that that's funny. But it's it's kind of it's kind of like Bill Burr, okay? Yeah, Bill Burr is one of those guys that. I have liked because he's been so irre- irreverent yeah. and really just gives zero Fs whatsoever. He's an equal opportunity offender. But in the last year and a half or so, I have seen him multiple times on things where he has said stuff where I was like, and this goes against everything that you portray yourself as when you're on stage. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, I understand there's a difference between the art and the artist, okay? Yeah. But... There is also that whole, hey, you're selling something that you're not living, and I don't like that. That for me personally. Now, again, I don't know Bill Burr. Okay, who knows? Who knows? You know, but you know that's just kind of you know. And there's been there's plenty of other guys that like I don't I disagree with, but they're still funny, and I still think Bill Burr's hilarious. Like Bill, I dude, I could I could sit and watch Bill Bill Burr roast people all day long. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because he's like, brutal. Dude, he is. He he pulls no punches whatsoever. That's like, like Chappelle. I love Chappelle. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, but I mean, he, I, when Chappelle's show was on, that was another one of those shows that I knew more about that show from other people telling me about yeah. it than I knew from actually watching it. And then I would go and watch it, and what, again, what I was told about the show was yeah. not what I was seeing on the television. Like the presentation and yeah. everything was always like, wait a second. I thought this was a sketch show, but why is he doing stand up and why? And then, okay, then, okay, here's the sketches. And then it would go back to it. And I was like, I don't like th- I, that format kind of bothered me a little bit the way that he did. Now it was different and it was, it was, it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways, Yeah, but it just wasn't what I was used to. And so I didn't really watch it as closely as a lot of other people did. Uh, I, I kind of like to have my sketch comedy, over here and my stand up over here. No. <laughs> so it's <laughs> and, and honestly, I remember Chappelle showing all right. and watching it and being like, "Yeah, this is okay." But it's his stand up oh, yeah. stuff after yeah. he came back mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Yeah, that's yeah. After he kind of burned it all the ground and, yeah. and came back, and it was like, eh. and even then, some of that stuff, I'm like, eh, some of it's funny and some of it's not. Mostly, it's funny. Yeah, but they're all all comedians are like that though. All of them. Yeah. I think I shared the clip with you. Like, I really love Eliza Schlesinger. Okay. I've liked her for okay. a decade. You know, I always thought she yeah. was hilarious. And you know, her whole her whole older millennial gimmick is kinda kinda funny, you know, whatever. But there was recently I there was this clip of her where she's doing her whole about oh, you know, you know, we've 
you know, we've been dumped on from the beginning and, you know, this and that and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And of course she's doing it in a, in a comedic way. There's comedy yeah. in there. But the thing that set me off was that there was some stupid millennial that had, that had clipped it and then like put his own over top at the end of it. Like, that's right. And this is the reason why millennials are the best generation ever. Uh, and, I, and I was like, oh no, see, that's the thing you don't understand. You guys are shit. Okay. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I'm sorry. As I, I guess, as I am officially approaching the very, well, God knows I'm not going to live to be 100, but as I am approaching 50, my tolerance for other people's bullshit is just going into negatives now. So it's like, I, I know from the very beginning of this show, I have talked about how I'm not quite as down on millennials as most other people of our generation and you know this and that i've given them the benefit of the doubt and i've given them the benefit of the doubt i have no benefits of the doubt to give any longer okay i am at the point now where I'm like no 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 that monologue or that opening scene of the first episode of the newsroom with jeff daniels character calls them the worst generation ever i agree with now <laughs> <laughs> I guess I am officially in old man mode now of get off my lawn, cut your damn hair, and quit eating avocado toast. Okay? Just. Wow. <laughs> wow. I actually have hope for the Zoomers, though. Eh, some of them. I've, I've had, I've actually had some experiences recently with some of the Zoomers, and their sense of humor is very similar to ours. Yeah, imagine that. And it's very kind of refreshing. Yeah, I don't know. I just No, I've actually enjoyed I've actually enjoyed some of my interactions with some of the 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 Zoomers I've had to Okay. I've, I've hung fine. out with or dealt with here lately. It's fine. I hey, they're here. So <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say about them. They're here. Yeah. <laughs> So, I know now that we're like way off of our Wayne's World topic. But I think they would totally get the Quiznos commercials with the the weird fuzzy thing, the sponge, the sponge monkeys. Yeah, the sponge it's monkeys. Bombs, it's what we love. Those commercials were so weird. They were, and that's 20, I loved 20 them years ago when those things were out. Yeah, and I remember that too. I did too. And everybody around me was like, "These are just weird." I'm like, "No, this is hilarious. This is this funny. is funny." Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> the difference is now they would look at it and be like, Yeet, and then go on about their I, business. Whatever that is. So yeah. I, I I just don't I don't get I don't get them I don't get them I don't and I, I don't, and I don't try anymore. So having younger um, cousins, I have out, younger cousins. And hanging out, you know, I them. mean, it's you know, I have I, over the holidays, you know, I hung out with my my cousins' kids, yeah, you know, and they're thirteen, fourteen years old, fifteen years old, somewhere around. I think one of them's thirteen, one's fifteen, but and I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get this now. Yeah, and I even I even remember like. Her middle kid a couple of years ago, uh, they were in town and and I went to go. Uh, we were going. I forget where to do so. I went to go pick them up from the hotel. You know, we were yeah, okay. or whatever. And so I was like hanging out, and Allison was in the car with me, and um, her parents were inside taking care of something with the hotel, and and we were sitting there, and I, and all of a sudden I found myself going through all the usual crap that you ask a teenager that you don't know how to talk to. How's school going, you know, blah, blah, blah yeah. kind of stuff. And, and I, I just stopped at one point. I'm like, let me give you a little bit of advice. It's like, I, this is something that no one ever told me whenever I was your age, and I wish I had known it. And I was like, there comes a point in your life, no matter how, and, and, and a lot of times it happens sooner than you believe that it's going to, where you just don't know how to talk to teenagers. Nope. At all. Like, nobody, doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter how many pop reference or pop culture references you have in common doesn't matter. You just get to the point where you're just rattling off the same crap that you wish people hadn't asked you when you were when you were that age. Yep. And so I was like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Okay. This is a. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I was like, it'll happen to you too. It will. You you will say it won't, but it will happen just the same way. Yeah. It's that weird. It's that weird thing with teenagers where it's like I still very vividly remember what it was like to be a teenager. You gotta wait. And I don't and I don't sugarcoat it. I know how. Stupid yeah. I was back then. You almost have to wait for them to get like into their twenties. Yeah, but even then, conversations it's again. still kind of. And I think what I've come to is that like, like my son is about to have a big birthday. Yeah. Okay, I have a hard time imagining him being ten years old. 
Okay. Like in my head, he's still like three. Okay. So sometimes I find myself talking to him like he's three because in my head, he's still three. Uh-oh. And I was like, no, you're not. And that's the same thing with my cousins. I still imagine them being three, four, five years old somewhere in there, even the, her oldest one who's going to be 25 here in a little bit. So I have to like readjust to, okay, they're on the cusp of being, of being adult. Two of them are on the cusp of being adults, and yeah. the other one already is an adult, so I have to like talk to them that way now. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. you know. And I, So, yeah. It's just weird. I don't know. Getting older is weird. And being young is weird. Yeah, it's all it's just weird. Life is weird. Is weird. Life is weird. That is, I, I think that's if nothing else. I mean, that's what we're supposed to take out of this episode is life is just weird, and there is no roadmap to it whatsoever, and we're all just kind of getting along, trying to trying not to screw it up as best we can, and some of us are we're really good at screwing it up at certain times in our lives. Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> I t- I remember telling my therapist that like years like years back when I was going uh, seeing an, uh, uh, seeing a therapy you know talking to um, seeing a therapist yeah and it was one of those things where I was just like I told her I was like I have never been scared of screwing up because I'm a wonderful screw up I always have been mm-hmm. it was getting stuff right that always bothered me because now people are going to have expectations <laughs> it was just like ah uh. yeah. <laughs> There's a rock song in there. Somewhere. I know there is, but and or it's probably already of, been or some kind of Gen X movie. Yeah, it, it's sort. it's probably already been written somewhere. I'm not saying anything new. It's just yeah that at God, I was not expecting this episode to all of a sudden be me having my existential crisis about turning fifty. But I'm really not because I'm okay with it. It's just I can't wrap my head around being fifty. I can't wrap my head around being in my forties for all that. Although I'm at the very end of them now. And it's just yeah. because it's that it it really is that push and pull of and for about a year now, it's really kind of like since I turned forty nine especially, I really have been going through this whole maybe it's time to put away a lot of the stuff that you held on to for all this time and start acting like an actual adult. But then I'm like, I don't feel good in that world either. Yeah. You know, I don't feel good in either one of these worlds. You know, it's like I don't want to be the guy that's still hanging on or trying to hang on to to his youth. But at the same time, I don't feel like I belong over in this this column either. And so it's just kind of one of those no, like, I don't, uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand it in the slightest. And if if I'm if I'm having any kind of existential crisis about ter- about turning fifty, it's that it's that push and pull between like this is who I've always been. Yeah. And it doesn't fit in with what society expects you to be at this age. So it's kind of a... (laughs) No, I get that. I've already been there. I'm still doing it. I mean, I'm I'm the guy at work that is like half dressed up, but still wearing Chuck Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I just... just... And trying to deal with being professional, but also not being one to play politics, which does not work in the workplace because you've got to play politics. And I just, I don't like doing it. I don't want to. I had someone recently. Talk to me like a human being. Don't, don't talk to me like an asset to be manipulated. I had someone recently, we were doing some legal stuff and the, I don't get into all of it, but someone that was on the other side of the table, we'll put it that way made a comment yeah and i immediately was like look if it was just me sitting on this side of the table i would burn this thing to the ground like for everybody and kind of go back you know and i saw i saw the look of how old are you like you know it sounds, it sounds like something that you know and, yeah and, and, and i'm just sitting there like I don't care. I'm always going to be like that. You want to know how old I am? I'm old enough to where I give zero Fs anymore. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. It's like, and I really don't care. <laughs> well, every once in a while, somebody will be like, well, what, you know, you're getting older. How do you, how do you picture yourself, you know, when you're like older, older? And I look at him, I go, have you seen the movie Secondhand Lions? Yeah. And some have and some haven't. I've, I've seen I, I, some of it. Yeah. 
And I go, you, you need to go watch Secondhand Lions because it's going to be me and some of my buddies sitting on a front porch with shotguns waiting for yeah. folks to folks just to come up the yard and yeah, I know, try to sell us I something. Know, I know, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean and, to like, you know. And like get into trouble. and Derail yeah. this episode. Maybe die flying an airplane that we built in a barn through a barn. There you go. You <laughs> kind of makes me go back to the Black Widow movie. He's like, oh, this would be a cool way to die. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was having that conversation with uh, my cousin the other day. Uh, he's been helping like, Charlie. You know, has been helping us on the with the job site, and we were, we, we were both talking about like those times in our lives where we were we were we were just like, well, this is it. Yep. This is this is this is where this is, and this is how it happens. No, it can't happen like this. This is just. <laughs> I was expecting something a lot bigger and grander than this, you know. <laughs> or, or as he said, he's like, you know, oh, really, this is the person I'm going to die with. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you and Corey many times had the whole really. He's getting us killed. He's getting us killed today. I know he. Well, is. It's like, you have Corey has. I know. <laughs> I don't think I've been the one. No, no. You were always trying to be at least the level-headed one, and you and Corey both. I was always the one running my mouth. Still, the one always running my mouth. But it's it's like it, again, if, it goes if back. I'm the one that's getting ready to pop things off. Mm-hmm. Things have gone terribly yeah. sideways. Yeah. It's like there was a, a a meme that went around a couple of years ago. You know, it was something to the effect of, you know, if I'm ever murdered, just rest uh, rest assured that I ran my mouth all the way to the end." And yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. It's uh, and uh, but hey, I guess we're all getting there, our own ways. I think this actually was actually pretty apropos for talking about Wayne's World and and something that was of our of our youth yeah that you go back and look at and it's not quite what you remembered it being and but it was still fun to revisit but then you're still looking like what's ahead you know when they did the reunion like when i say they did that sorry that snl reunion a few years ago but then they also did the um <coughs> there was a commercial that they did yeah where they they reprised the role i can't remember what it was for and it was one of those like man they look rough. They, they look, yeah. They they don't need to do this anymore. You know, and that's, yeah. I get that with people. You know, bands and 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 actors and stuff who are asked to to go back. Rolling and, Stones. Yeah, dude. Have you seen them recently? I saw a clip of them. It's been in the last couple of months from one of their shows. Yeah. And I was just like, somebody get these guys off the stage and tell them and don't let them back on again. Just like don't because. Well, they got a new album coming. Yeah, out or it just—I I, don't—I mean, I guess if that's all you've ever done, it's hard to just walk away from it. Yeah, but you, you just sit there and look at it, and you're like, "This is just kind of sad." And there, there are several musical acts out there that I have loved over the years that I'm like, "No, you need to just go away." Motley Crue. Motley Crue is one of them. Motley Crue is one of them. I saw. Alice Cooper a couple of years, a few years ago, and I enjoyed seeing it, but there was still that whole like, oh yeah, Alice Cooper's in his seventies now, and when I saw like, Alice, he's not, when he I, wasn't moving that great. Let's put it that way. When and I saw Alice open up for Motley Crue on the No More Tours yeah. tour, that's been a few years ago. Um, a, he was rocking it. Yeah. I mean, there was no. I've seen him since then. Yeah, and he was like, he was starting to like, he was moving around the stage like an old guy. That was kind of yeah, but uh, he's like what? He's in his seventies. I yeah, know seventy one. Yeah, well, he's a little older than that, I think. But it was still one of those things where it was like he's for all the hair dye and the makeup, you're you can tell you're an old dude. This is yeah. you know, and and that's it happens to all of us. Believe me, I I don't get around the way I did a few years ago. You know, I've had all kinds of problems. Oh, my knees think I'm yeah. 104. My, I've got a bad knee, a bad ankle, a bad. I got two bad shoulders. Yeah, I mean, my back. Oh, it depends on what part of my back hurts. Depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah. Quite honestly, so I mean, it's like I get it. Um, stuff happens. You know, you put your body through a lot when you're young, and then it catches up to you later. And it's not the time; it's the mileage. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Before we get derail this anymore, we're gonna go ahead and like stop it now because this could go on for another hour okay. of me bitching. <laughs> Quit screaming at that cloud, Alan. I know it's like I know. I feel like I need to I need to drop that Abe Simpson in there. Like, um, do it. 
I used to, what was the one about, I used to know what it was, and then it changed, and or what I'll find it and drop it in. Yeah. Here, because it's very apropos. Very apropos uh, these days. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. Guys, thank you for... Uh, <laughs> Putting up with our nonsense. Putting up with this. Um, For over 200 episodes. Yeah, we're 200 and some change now. I don't even know where we are any longer. We've been doing this for over four years, which is crazy. It's hard to believe. And um, so, yeah. Uh, the fact that we haven't had a major fight. And yeah, it happened recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, go check out all of our social media uh, in the show notes. And uh, if you would, do us a favor. And go and rate us and give us a like in your podcatcher of choice, which whatever it is, uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, what they're calling it now, really helps a lot if you you know if you use them or if you have an account. Yeah. Um, but it also helps in any of them if you just if you would go and do that. It doesn't cost you anything and it helps us tremendously. My preferred caster is Podcast Guru. Yeah, I, I really love over uh, Overcast. So, uh, guys, thank you so much uh, for the Project Genetics Podcast. I am Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And we will see you again real soon. Sure. Wait.